the sempiternal God. What does that word mean? Sempiternal is the word that's formed by two words. Sempi means always in Latin, and ternal means eternal. Always eternal. There's eternity. There's something that's bigger than eternity. If you can think about that, sempiternal God means He is bigger than eternity. Eternity exists within God, not that God exists in eternity. It's something that conceptually maybe we won't be able to understand. The sempiternal God of endless possibilities. What God has for each one of us. What God has planned for His children, for His church, is to operate in the space of eternity and not in the space of the temporal. You go to work, you go to school. What's at the end of your work and your school? When you die, all those things go away. That's temporal. God has a plan beyond the temporal life that you have. He wants to take us and make us work for eternity. We take things that are infinite and we make it finite because we are finite beings. For example, there are no two snowflakes that are the same. How is that possible? How about this? There is no two of you exactly the same. Even if you are twins, there are no ever two people who have the same DNA or even the same. How is that possible? If you think about it, if we are in a finite space, if you live from the time that you're born to the time you die, there's a finality. It is finite. So how is it possible? In a life that you live, there are things that are infinite, because there is a sempiternal God, because there is an infinite God, because God exists outside of us. And therefore, when He created snow, there are no two snowflakes that are the same. When He created human beings, there are no two human beings that are the same. So that means that you and I, we can, if we exist in eternity, we can do things to affect eternity. Which means that beyond the school that you are going to, beyond the work that you're engaging in, there is the work of God that is eternal. Would you be happy to do things temporarily, or if you want to do things eternally, which work is more important? Do you think, or the stuff that you do temporarily is important, or the work that you do eternally that is important? I want to do things for eternal purpose, but because I am a human being, I'm finite. I want to take those things that are infinite, and I want to make it finite so I can understand. That's our problem. God doesn't want that. He wants to take us as finite being, and He wants to make put us into a infinite space and say, "You can affect eternity." Would you like that? I like that. I want to be a part of that work. I want to be a part of the work when I am dead. It's still here, so that when God raised me up from the dead, I'll be with it for all eternity. 
That's why I'm doing this. I also go to work. Went to school just like you. I do things just like you today. But I do this. This is eternal. What are you doing right now in your life that you can consider eternal? If you are not doing anything that affects eternity, then all your work will go to waste when you die. The only thing that will remain there when you get resurrected, if you get resurrected, are those things that we deposit in the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Don't store your treasure here on earth, but store your treasure where? In the kingdom of God. All these things should come together now that you have listened to these messages. Now, what are some of the obstacles, you might ask? Why don't I see these eternal works? What are the jobs? Give me a job list of those things that God has for me to do in eternity. First of all, we need to change the way we look at things. If I give you a job and you have no time to do it, then why would I give it to you? You have to allocate time in your life to God and you say, Father, this is the time for you. Besides all my work that I need to do, all my school that I need to do, all my family that I'm engaged in, this is the work for you. Now, what do you want me to do? You have to have a time allocated specifically for God so that he can say, I can use you if you have time. But if you have no time for God, don't even imagine God's going to come into your life and try to reorganize your work life and say, yeah, I want to fit myself in between 2 and 3 and between 6 and 9. God doesn't do that. you got to do that. you got to set aside some time. And then you got to come to God and say, God, use me. Here's this time from 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock a.m. I'm yours. What do you want me to do? Is that something that you are able to commit to? Because... Without that, we cannot engage in the work of God. The obstacles that we face, the impediments of spiritual potentials that we face, number one is the lack of knowledge and understanding. Ignorance is actually pride. Let me give you an example. If I tell you, you should read the Bible, because in the Bible is God thought for you and what you should do. I read it later. Later becomes much later. You never read it. The reason you don't read it, and it's called ignorance, is because you don't need what God has said, and therefore you don't bother to read it. Ignorance is actually pride, because you can do all things without the Scripture, without the help of God. When we don't study, we don't read, we think we know all things. You interact with your kids. They think they know everything. It's ignorance. It's pride. Lack of knowledge prevent you from knowing the truth, from coming into the ministry and the work that God has for you. Don't think ignorant is some kind of humility. It's not. It's pride. Or you might lack grace. God said this, everything belongs to you because everything 
belonged to Adam. When God set up Adam, He said, "You are in charge of everything that is created. That is yours to take care. You are in charge of everything." Now He failed, so the whole creation went chaos. The lions are eating you know, all the other animals, and then we fight. There's killing going on. All kinds of stuff happened, and chaos ensued. The second Adam was introduced. Jesus Christ was called the second Adam, and he restored all things that the first Adam messed up. And now he said, "You who believe in Jesus Christ are now in Christ, inheriting all things that are in Christ." And the apostle Paul says, "All things belong to you." So why are we not in charge of all things? Why not all things under our command? When Jesus told his disciples to go ahead in front of him, and in the midst of the storm at night, the disciple looked, and they saw a figure walking on water toward them. They were shocked. Is that a ghost? And then they found out it was Jesus. How is he able to walk on water? You think? He is God. Yes, he is. But he also man. If he was God, yes, of course. But if he's man, he should sink. He's both. But wait a minute. Peter was in the boat, and Peter said, "Lord, call me so I can come out." Now, Peter was he God? No, he was like us. What did he do? He walked out of the boat, and he something is going on here. Is man capable of walking on water? Literally. Yes, we can. If you believe in the Bible, and I do believe in the Bible, Peter did. I can too. But why can't why can't we? The storm, the tempest, water flow into the boat. Master, why are you sleeping? Don't you care that we're gonna die? Why do you have so little faith? And he turns to the winds, the tempest says, "Be quiet." What happened? Nature. Obeys Christ, and the disciples were afraid. Fear get a hold of them. They couldn't believe it. Jesus has given to us all authority. He said, "All authority and power has been given to me. Now go and do likewise." And he said, "This greater things shall you do than that which you have seen." So we. Are capable, and I have seen people who have exercised a tremendous amount of faith and power and authority over nature. Read the stories of the missionaries, the incredible things that they have done. The power of God displayed through their lives when they have to face. Now you say, "I want to walk on water and start walking on the water." You think you're gonna float? There has to be a spiritual reason. There has to be a kingdom reason why God would allow you to do certain things, not just to show, "Hey, guess what I did yesterday? I told storm, you know, that rain over there, it was coming, and go in the name of Jesus, go away, and it did." There's no reason. God only does things for the glory of Jesus Christ. And if you and I we want to exercise in the glory and the power of God, 
We need to submit ourselves into the hand of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that all things belong to you, meaning we have all this innate spiritual capability. What is preventing us from exercising these authorities? It is our complacency. Your friend said, hey, let's study the Bible. You say, maybe tomorrow, maybe another time. Let's go pray. I I don't feel like it. Complacency is when we revert back to the things that we are comfortable with. Your job is to do the program. And on the program, everything is automatic except for typing in the verses. These two things you have to do on your own. But everything else is done automatically for you. But you need to type in the verses. Two ways to solve this problem. One, the obvious way is go online, type in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, cut, copy, you're done. Or I want to get this into my mind. I want every opportunity to learn the scripture. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to go online. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to find it so I get used to where it is in the Bible. And I'm going to type it. Because what goes through my hands goes into my brain, and then I get to remember it. I don't want to waste my time. Because the time that you go online is time spent. You search, Google does the work for you instead of you flipping through it. You, you see what I'm saying? If we seize the opportunity to grow and learn, then you will learn. But if you take shortcuts, shortcuts are your enemy, then you will never learn. Another way to do this is for me not to include the verse here. Let's work for you. How about we not have the program? Let's work for you. Shortcuts. That's what we do, don't we? We find the shortest path between two points and we try to get there. In the end, you learn nothing. You never tried. If you want to be healthy, you go to the gym, you walk in there, you walk all the way to the back, put on your gym clothes, and you go out there, and you look around, say, yep, that's done. I'm done here. I got to the gym. You get back, take a shower, go home. Wouldn't it be great? Shortcut. How about don't have to go at all? Shortcut. How about don't have to do anything at all? If you begin to think in terms of shortcuts, in the end, you do nothing at all. Don't take shortcuts. Take the long way. Take the hard way. You learn something. You learn a lot of things doing things longhand. We live in a culture where we want things to be done instantaneously. We want to group things together. We want to make sure that things are condensed. Let me tell you something that got me convicted when I was preparing this message. Today is not my day. You realize this is not part of the series that I was teaching. Today is my brother's day. He's supposed to do this. Why isn't he here doing this? Shame on him. Baby or no baby, I don't care. She's cute though. On Monday, I was preparing for this message and I thought, maybe I'll text him, see if he's up to it. And I thought, nah. It crosses my mind. I actually... I would never do it. And Tuesday, see if he's still up to it. And then I got convicted. What am I? Am I some kind of hireling? Do I do this because I get hired to do this? Or because I'm doing this because I'm called to do this? What are all those times that my brother take my place here to preach? What did I do 
in all of those times that I supposed to study the word, prepare myself to learn the word. When he preaches, I do nothing. I'm a hypocrite. Do I do this for you or do I do this for the kingdom of God? Do I do this just because I have a message to deliver to you or when I don't have to stand here, I don't do anything. I schedule my playtime in the times I'm supposed to study the Bible. I'm a hypocrite. Paul told Timothy, be prepared in season and out of season. It doesn't matter. You should, I should be studying the Word of God all the time, not just when I'm preaching to you. And thus we see, we do the bare minimum. We take the shortest cut. And when we don't have to show up, we won't. Someone take over our responsibility. We're out of here. I have that attitude. It's the wrong attitude. I should be studying regardless. Regardless. All the time. We lack the enthusiasm. We lack the love, the affection. Why am I doing this? Is it because I want to serve you? That should not be the reason. I should do this because I love Jesus Christ. I love his word. I love him. I want to serve him. That should be the reason. Regardless whether there's 20 people here, there's no one here. I should do it because I love him. I should do it not because I don't have to stand up here because someone else is standing up here. I should do it regardless. I should never take shortcuts when it comes to the kingdom of God. If we have that in our mind, in our lives, then laziness, fear, destructive tendencies, imaginations, Proverbs 26, 13 says, A slothful man, you know what a sloth is? A slothful man, meaning a man who, uh, mm, lazy person. A slothful man said, I can't do it. There's a lion in the way. You guys have much better excuses than that, right? I can't do it. My computer's not working. It's low. I can't do it. I haven't upgraded my iPod yet. There are infinite excuses that we can have. I can't do it because... Well, you come up with some excuses. A slothful man says, a lion's in the way. Is there a lion in the way? He never got out. He never walked out of the house to know, even know the lion in the way. But you know what? Contrary to a slothful man who says the lion in the way, you have someone who's after God's own heart and said, I go anyways, and if there's a lion in the way, I'm going to kill it. If there's a lion in my way, I'm going to kill it. If there's a bear in my way, I'm going to tear it apart. That is a man after God's own heart. That is how David lived his life. I am going the long way. I am going to do what it takes for the kingdom of God to be shown to everyone. I can't go to church today because it's too hot. It's sunny out today. I might get sunburned. I forgot to buy my sunblock. I didn't buy an umbrella. It's raining out, so I can't go. My leg hurts today. I have a, a, I have a stomach ache. I didn't eat. I can't go to church. You know, I didn't wash my hair. I ran out of hand sanitizer. Anything 
There's a lie in the way. You can say that. Actually, you should say that. If you can't go to church, there's a lie in the way. As Lothful said, there's a lie in the way. But most importantly, the reason why we face obstacle is because we don't have a purpose. Why? Why? That is the biggest question. Why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? If you cannot answer the question, why, then you have no motivation. There's no reason for you to do anything. You should be able to answer the question, why? You, have, you must have purpose. And here is the purpose that God has for you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. Now I'm going to read the whole thing, but here is the essence of it. In whom, meaning in Christ, we have obtained inheritance, meaning everything that belongs to Christ belongs to us. Being predestinated, meaning he has preordained us according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. And here is the purpose. That we should be the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. The reason why we should do all things is not for our own glory and honor and fame or money. The reason that we, the reason that I do all these things is for the glory of Jesus Christ and Him alone. That is my answer to why. What is your answer to why are you here? Why are you doing all these things that you do? Why do you do the program? Why do you worship? Why do you do all these things? Why do you sit there? Why do you listen to me? Is it not for the glory of Jesus Christ? Is it? We must find the reason why we do these things. The motivation behind all these things is the answer and is the motivation for what we do. Why do you get up? Why do you do all these things? If it's not for the glory of Jesus Christ, then you will get bored. You will find no reason. But if it is for the glory of the Son of God, then you will do it because there is, Zion is the answer. The glory of Jesus Christ. If Jesus is glorified through my preaching of the gospel to you, then that is the reason why I'm doing this. Standing here week after week, day after day, doing this is for the glory of Jesus Christ, then I would do it regardless of the circumstance. One person, ten people, or a hundred, or a thousand. I would do it regardless because it's not for me, it's not for you, it is for the glory of Jesus Christ. We must find the answer to the question, why? Now, how, what can give you the motivation, the spiritual potential that I talk about? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. What are those all things? The Apostle Paul says, I can be pushed down or I can be raised up. I can be full or I can be hungry. In all things, everywhere I am instructed to suffer all things. Because I can do all those things, Jesus Christ gives me strength. Everything you can do. You don't need to take any shortcut. You can do all things. You can suffer through all things. You can triumph through all things. You can do all things. No need to take any shortcuts because Jesus Christ will give you strength. Jesus could have gone on that boat and go with the disciples, but he didn't. He went up on the mountain and he prayed. He said, you guys go first. I'll meet you there. 
the glory of God revealed when Jesus Christ walked on water. You see, don't take shortcuts. Because God wants to reveal his glory through you because all things are possible for those who believe. Prove your work, Galatians 6.4. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself. Why are you sad? Why are you discouraged? Why are you lost? Why is your family in a disarray? Why is your life has no end, has no beginning? Why there's nothing going right in your life? And why are you sad about having nothing going right in your life? Why you can't get out of your circumstances and situation? Why? Because you have no joy. You don't have the happiness that God has promised. Listen, but every man prove his own work. You know the things I hate to do most, that I do every single morning, is listening to this recording. I empathize. You guys are great people sitting here listening to me because when I listen to my own recording, I cringe. It is hard to listen to yourself. Or it's hard to listen to me. But I need to do it. I need to prove what I'm doing here is correct. It's right. So I listen, I critique myself, and I change my habit, my behavior, and the way I deliver the message. Do you write emails and you hit send? Or do you write email and then you go back and read it? Why? So many emails that you receive that people don't care to go back to check, and you don't want to be that person. So what do you do? You go back and you check. You make sure that you intend to write what you wrote. Because when we write stuff, we don't check. Things are bad. Spiritually speaking, we all must prove our work. That's what we do. When you finish your job, go back and figure out whether or not what you did was right. Was it correct? Prove it. Make sure that your work was right. Don't just do it and then walk away. It is a character attribute that is most important in a Christian life. That when we do something, we go back and check to make sure that it is correct before we leave, before we send, before we close the book. Check. Check. Double check. Measure twice. Cut once. Lastly, I can do all things. God has things that he wants you to do. There are difficult things. There are hard things. There are things that have an effect eternally. And he's, he wants you to be part of it. We need to shape our characters. We need not to take shortcuts. We need to do things carefully. We need to examine ourselves. We need to examine the work after we have done. We need to check but here, this is how we should approach work. First of all, I want to talk to you about the promise of God. He said, all things are possible for those who believe. And he said, you can do all things. Have any one of you ever considered your life a missionary life? Is it too hard? Is it out of your imagination? You don't think God calls you for that? 
Any one of you have ever thought that you're going to be a preacher, a pastor? Is it beyond what you think, your capability? Let me tell you this. I never thought that I would do this. I never thought I would do this. When I was in middle school, I got to go see my counselor, and the counselor asked, what do you want to do? I looked at her. What? What do you want to do after school is done? And then I looked at her and said, Preacher? You know where I get that? My dad always say, so you know what you wrote down on my paper? Computer. My English wasn't that good, but I knew I said preacher. I don't know why she put it on the computer. But I took that throughout my high school in the college, and I did exactly what my counselor said that I would do. Didn't turn out to be bad. And then guess what? Also did the other thing too. All things are possible for those who believe. All things are possible for those who believe. If you don't believe in the promise of God, and here, with God all things are possible. Not with us. With God, not with us. All things are possible for those who have faith. That's not also ours. It's God who gives us, through grace, the faith. The diffidence, the self-doubt. It is not you who is capable. It is God through you that enables you to do all things. Remember that. God does not give us the power, and then we have the power to do all things. No, no. God gives us His Spirit, and by the Spirit in us, enabling us to operate within the power of God. Once the Spirit removed from you, just like when the Spirit removed from Samson, what happened? He got no power. Until what did he do? God, help me. The Spirit of God is the power, not the power itself. It is the Spirit of God. Here's the story of um, a man who has a child, and his child is demon-possessed. His disciples couldn't cast out the demon from the child, and he keep on launching himself into the fire. Jesus, Peter, John, and James were up in the mountains, and they saw Jesus change into his glorified body. As they came down, the man came to Jesus and said, Lord, my son has a devil, and your disciples couldn't cast him out. And Jesus responded to the man, he said this, all things are possible to them who believe. Do you believe this? If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Now, either the Bible is wrong some discrepancy here in the Bible. But what does it say next? Help thou my unbelief. What is going on here? This exemplify the church today. This is what's going on in the church. All the red letters 
in the Bible, when you read them, you believe? When you read the words of Jesus Christ, you believe? You believe who he was? You believe, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? Yes, you do. You believe everything that he has done was real and true? Did you believe that he walked on water? You believe that he transfigured himself? You believe all that, don't you? Do you believe it? You see, you believe in Jesus. You don't believe in Jesus, in me, in you. That's what you don't believe. That's what the Father is saying. Lord, I do believe. I, I do believe that you are the Messiah. I do believe that you have the power. I do believe that you can do all these things. I do believe that with faith like you, you can do all things. I believe all that. I can't receive that faith for myself. You believe that I can get up here and I can talk to you and preach and have a message every week. You believe that. If you come here this morning, you believe that the door out there would be open for you? You don't even think about it. Come in here and you believe that no one else is in here that you can use? So yeah, you believe that. Now let me ask you, do you believe that you are the person who's going to come in here, who's going to clean up this church, preach the message? Do you believe that? I like that. I like that. That is exactly what's going on in this story. You need to believe that. You need to believe the power of Jesus Christ, what he has said, can be for you, can exist in you, he can work in you. This is what that means when the Father says, I believe, please help me to believe that I can inherit, I can be a participant, I can be a recipient of this faith. That is what the Father is saying. Help me, Lord, help me to believe this. Help me to believe, to own this faith and not just believe on someone else. Help me to own this faith. This is what I need help on. This is what I need you, each one of you, to believe that God can do through you. This is what the Apostle Paul, why the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things. It's not Jesus can do all things. We all believe that Jesus can do all things. But he said, I, me, I can do all things through Christ who loves me, who gives me strength, who resides in me, who make me into a spiritual and an eternal instrument. Let all stand. Believe that. I believe that he works in those who believe in his power. Lord, make your word become a reality for each one of us. May we come into the fullness of your gospel, of your kingdom, for your namesake, for your glory, for your honor, for your majesty. Use the people here in this church, Lord. Use each one of us here and cause us to not just believe in who you are, but believe in who you are in each one of us. The capability and the capacity that you have through us and in us, enabling us to do exceedingly beyond those things which we have imagined that we ever possibly can do. So help us, Lord, and shape us. Cause us not to be complacent, lazy, or slothful. Help us to not take the shortcut when the long way is the right way. Help us, Lord, to understand that we can truly do all things. Not 
by ourselves, but through the Spirit and the gifting of God, that we would not be ignorant of the spiritual gifts, that we would not reject it. When you have given us the authority and the power to do that which you have called us to do. Enabling this church, Lord, and all those who are here and cause them to see, cause them to realize that you have called each one of us into greater things, things that we have never imagined that we would be able to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray.